0: Welcome to another episode of Connect TED. My name is Lane King and I am a member of the TEDx Outreach Committee. My name is Danny, and I'm also a part of a member of the Outreach Committee. Today
1: we are here with Judge Cheryl Munson, Munson, who is a judge in the Franklin County Court of Common Pleas. Judge Munson recently launched the Rise Mental Health Docket here in Franklin County. She's an impressive advocate for flexible justice and the importance of going off script. We are so excited to have her here with us today. Judge Munson, before we start discussing your docket, we want to get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us about your connection to The Ohio State University and your experience in the legal profession?
2: Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Um, I am a double Buckeye. I came to Ohio State as an undergraduate from my hometown in Marion. Um, I had a double major in English and Criminology, and then I went on to get my degree at Ohio State Law School. In my third year uh, in law school, I started clerking for the Franklin County Public Defender Office and uh, stayed with them, uh, first as a clerk, then as a municipal attorney, then as a common police attorney for 26 years. And then in 2020, I was elected to the bench of the common police court.
0: That's awesome. It's awesome to see someone that's so passionate about being a Buckeye. So, um, how has your experience as a public defender influenced your service as a judge?
2: Well, significantly. Um, first of all, you, know, you do that work because you love that work and you do something for 26 years you know, because you're passionate about it. And really one of um, the reasons I ran for my seat uh, as a judge is because there are no former public defenders on my bench. So that seemed like a huge gap um, in perspective. Uh, you need a diversity of perspective on the bench. And having served uh, the community for 26 years, serving marginalized and underserved residents of Franklin County, I thought it was really important to uh, put that perspective on the bench uh, and maybe, uh, you know, come up with some insightful ways to deal with the issues that we see downtown.
1: And in some of our conversations before uh, this podcast... You said a lot about the difference between standing next to your defendant versus viewing them from the bench. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So of course, when you're standing next to your client, you know, you're an advocate for them, and and I want to say that, um, you know, part of my passion for being a public defender is the firm belief that no matter what somebody has done, and you know, granted, you are, are representing a lot of folks who have committed crimes, and and I did felony criminal defense, so very serious crimes. Um, you know, I did some death penalty work. Uh, and, and no matter what somebody has done, everybody deserves at least one person that stands next to them and cares about what happens to them. And so that's where I came from as a public defender. And now of course on the bench, I'm not advocating uh, for either side. and um, you know, trying to keep perspective between, um, you know what's fair uh, to the criminal defendant, what's fair to the state, um, you know, how do we make the community safer while at the same time, Uh, doing our best to rehabilitate the person um, who's charged with the crime because we know ultimately uh, that person is either going to stay or re-enter the community. And so we have to do what we can to put them in a better place so they're not re-offending, and that makes a better life for them and, of course, makes a, a better place in the community for everyone.
1: I feel like 26 years as a public defender definitely brings a very unique perspective to the bench. Um, Before we dive into your RISE docket, can you tell our audience what exactly a specialty docket is?
2: Absolutely, so specialty dockets vary uh, sort of in um, the way they handle things, but the bottom line is it's an alternative way of dealing uh, with criminal defendants. There are some specialty dockets, for instance, in um, our municipal court here in Franklin County, you know i want to say they have a huge array of dockets for victims or survivors i should say of human trafficking uh, veterans they have a mental health docket they have substance use disorder dockets and a lot of those dockets are diversionary in the sense that if you complete that docket then you'll come out uh, without a criminal charge my docket is different uh, in that uh, again it's a specially docket so it's a special selected group of folks in my case it's those with serious mental health disorders, who are justice-involved, who are moderate to high-risk offenders. And um, so really, my I'm trying to divert them um, from being incarcerated. It's not that they're going to get this case expunged, because some of them have some very serious charges that aren't even eligible for expungement in Ohio. But um, again, the specialty docket is to kind of pull out a special sector of the population, uh, address what their specific needs are uh, on a more intensive basis. Level so that again you can divert them out of the system, out of incarceration, and again improve their lives.
0: So, you mentioned that they have um, special um, circumstances that they might need a little more assistance with. So, what unique obstacles to justice are faced by those that struggle with mental health issues in your courtroom?
2: Well, you know, I'll say one of the reasons I created this docket um, after having, you know, represented people for 26 years, and many of them with mental health disorders, within the criminal justice system, um, there are very few and only uh, sort of archaic and traditional ways that mental health is addressed. If someone is so mentally ill that they don't understand the process or they can't help their attorney, then they're deemed not competent, and then they're dealt with and, and perhaps restored to competency or not. Or if someone so mentally ill that they don't know the difference between right and wrong, they might be found not guilty by reason of insanity. But we're talking that's a fraction, a small fraction. I would say in 26 years, I might have had five or six clients that met that criteria. So um, the special needs here are these folks who have mental health issues. That's why they're in the system, but they don't meet those traditional definitions or the ways in which the criminal justice system has traditionally dealt with people with mental illness. So we're pulling them out and addressing those issues, um, you know, in in new ways, um, trying to link them with resources and and also, you know, give them, like I said, wraparound services are critical housing, um, food security, because obviously if you don't know where you're going to sleep or you don't know where you're going to eat, you can't focus on your mental health. So we really uh, deal with the whole person.
1: And I feel like that's definitely something that comes from the perspective of being a public defender, because when we we're talking, you told me things like a public defender is in a way also a social worker, like you do a lot of outside work. So yeah, that's incredible. Now, this next question is pretty loaded. Um, so be patient with me. I'm going to ask you to please tell us about your RISE docket. Um, specifically, we want to know about your journey and how it works, and what resources you utilize. Um,
2: So the journey, again, so I took the bench in 2020, uh, December of 2020, and I started to create this docket uh, in March, I would say, of 2020. Uh, Went, of course, to our Supreme Court, which has a specialty docket commission, and best practices, and, um, you know, people have been doing specialty dockets for a long time, so a lot of the work is done, best practices, Traveled around the state, watched other amazing dockets. I know I mentioned to you previously Judge Bro in Summit County, who was a huge inspiration to me. Uh, And then we started, you know, putting together the documents because, of course, uh, we ultimately apply for certification to the Supreme Court. And as an aside, I was just recently granted final certification. So that was very exciting.
1: Congratulations. Thank Thank
2: you. So... um, that's kind of uh, how we got there. And then the docket, again, as I said, is really more of a prison diversion docket. So we're talking about moderate to high-risk offenders um, who are unsuccessful in on probation tracks otherwise, even though there's a mental health probation track. They just need a higher level of care. They continue to reoffend. Uh, and so other judges in the courthouse will say you know i don't want to incarcerate this person i know this person has mental health issues and you know for the most part judges don't want to incarcerate the mentally ill though of course our judges in prisons are full of uh, folks with untreated mental health issues throughout this country but so my colleagues on the bench can then refer these cases to my docket the special part of my docket and we look at them and we do an assessment and then we go to our treatment team which is made up of mental health Care providers uh, within the community, made up of my mental health coor- coordinator, my dedicated probation officer, and by dedicated I mean specifically for my docket, we have a prosecutor and we have um, someone from the public defender's office. And then we assess, you know, can we? Uh, do we have the tools to make this uh, person more successful? And if we do, they join our docket, and then they start to come see us. It's a four-phase docket. The phase one is the orientation docket. Um, They come to see me every two weeks. They see the coordinator uh, quite quite frequently. They see their probation officer. They they have to be tested for substance use through urine screening. They have to be linked with a treatment provider, inpatient or outpatient, Um, and then they can phase up through two, three, and four. The last phase being sort of um, transition back into the community, maintenance, you know, we see that they're handling things, they haven't re-offended, they're not self-medicating with other substances, and then they graduate, and when they graduate from my docket, then we consider them having successfully completed probation, because my docket is a condition of probation. So that's what the other judges are doing. They're putting someone on probation and saying the condition uh, is that you complete the RISE docket.
1: Now, have you seen a lot of success so far? Now, you know,
2: so i have saying we started in March of 20. We called our first case in March of 21. And tomorrow we uh, are having a Thanksgiving celebration and we have about four or five of our original folks will be phasing up. So that, that is
0: amazing. That is amazing. Incredible. We are
2: so excited. Uh, we have about 25 people on the docket. Uh, we are supposed to max out about 30 or 35. But again, these are the folks that started originally. Um, and so there are a lot of, I think four or five are going to phase up tomorrow, but other, um, you know, success stories that I've had. And I think you and I chatted a little bit about this amazing woman that I have on my docket who has a significant criminal history, but she also has, you know, a terrible past filled with trauma, uh, you know, a huge range of trauma, um, that I won't go into, but, uh, and one of the, the most serious traumatic events for her occurred in the month of September, and so she was telling us that I reoffend every September. Uh, you know, I spiral down, the PTSD kicks in, I get angry about what happened to me, and I reoffend in September. And so this year she did not reoffend in September. And she came into the courtroom, uh, you know, and we applauded her. Uh, and while, you know, a lot of folks might say, wow, well, you know, I mean, so she didn't commit a crime in September, is that a big deal? Well, it is a huge deal to her. Uh, because her criminal offenses arise out of, again, a mental health diagnosis, but again, uh, incredible uh, lifetime trauma.
0: Judge Munson, it is amazing to hear the success stories that have come out of the RISE docket already in just this short amount of time. But um, I wanted to ask um, if you have seen or heard any oppositions to your RISE docket, and if so, what um, they typically sound like.
2: Well, I would say... Yes, I have, and and not necessarily directed specifically at my docket, but especially dockets in general. Um, There are some judges, uh, and I think they're becoming fewer and far between, uh, but more uh, who have more traditional views of the judiciary and will quite frankly say, you know, you're a judge, you're not a social worker. You shouldn't be uh, engaging with folks on this level. Uh, You know, your job is to dole out justice. Um, but again, uh, to, in my mind, you know, we know specialty dockets work. We know people are uh, less likely to commit crimes when they complete a specialty docket. So to me, that is the judge's role, uh, to do what we can to rehabilitate and restore people um, so they're not reoffending. And um, there are other folks too, of course, who have a very um, punitive view of the justice system, quite frankly, is that you know, somebody's done something and they should be punished. Uh, I believe um, that every human being has worth, and we should do what we can do um, to better them. But even if you don't feel like that, you should know that these folks will ultimately return to the community. And how do you want them back in your community? Do you want them better, or do you not want them better? So, you know, eye for an eye, vengeance, um, you know, there's all that. But, you know, I, again, I think that. Um, that's an antiquated view of what the justice system should be doing.
1: Now, with your beliefs of flexible justice and the importance of going off script, do you think you're providing a model of how to better address mental health in the justice system for the rest of the country?
2: Well, I think, um, you know, I don't know about the rest of the country that I would love to think that, um, but uh, maybe one day. But I will say this, that um, when the Supreme Court came to observe us uh, before they decided on our final certification, You know they were really complimentary. Um, You know they said that the criticisms, or I should say, they weren't really criticisms, but the the uh, feedback they had to give us was the feedback they might be giving to a docket that had been up and running, you know, three or more years, and we had just gotten off the ground. And they indicated that they all they want to start using us now as a model um, for other courts to come and start observing when they want to launch launch their docket. So. You know that again and i I have i can't i would be remiss if i didn't point out that you know my success and my ability to model came from other courts success and their um willingness to model for me so i i have to give that um you know respect where it is due
0: that recognition from the supreme court is incredible um so now that you've told us that you encourage artistic expression from your participants in this docket Um, And that a poem written by one of your participants about rise hangs outside the courtroom at this very moment. Would you mind sharing that poem with us today?
2: Um, I would love to. I'm hoping I can get through this without shedding a tear. Um, And I want to point out, too, that um, the talented young man that wrote this did give me permission to share it. So uh, it's entitled Final Countdown. It says, rise up and raise your right hand to swear upon the oath to be true to thyself to live life at last, to be free from sin, let it all begin, to trudge the path of recovery. Surely won't be easy, but I tell you truly, it may sound somewhat cheesy. Miss Munson will surely give you plenty of grace, as long as you honestly go at your own pace. Success isn't measured as a race. Backed by warped and twisted families, beaten, tortured, and abused, fallen into addiction, badly bruised. To the point of no return, we about gave in. Until Rise Court rose above to final success, we'll surprisingly win.
1: I was fighting tearing up. I can't. (laughs) I don't know how you got through it. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing that, Judge Munson. The work you do is incredible and is obviously having a huge impact on the lives you touch. It was an honor having you here with us here today, and I've learned so much. Is there anything else you would like our listeners to know?
2: Um, I just want to thank you again uh, for bringing me in. I'm so happy um, to have an opportunity to talk about this. And I just want to encourage, um, you know, everybody, um, I I think we're moving in the right direction to get past the stigma uh, of taking care of our mental health and dealing with our mental health. Uh, And so even if you're not involved in the justice system as a result, I would encourage you um, you know, to get the help you need so that ultimately you can live the life that you deserve to live, that we all deserve to live. And and that's the ultimate goal. here.
0: With those words, um, I think it's time to close out our episode. Thank you, Judge Munson, for your time and work. I cannot wait to share your impact with our listeners. I really think they're going to enjoy this story. Thank you so much, Judge Munson. Thank you all for having me.